Good morning. Happy Sunday. Good to see you. I hope you had a blessed week. Pastor Rich here. And it's good to see you on a Sunday morning. I hope you had a, um, a great week. I know we've been uh, quarantined for not to April 30th, but we're praying that at the, at the end of April 30th, we're going to have some freedom to get out and move around. So I really miss you guys, but I'm really excited to see you here this Sunday morning. And really, I want to do is continue in our work and our, our time of sermon of hope. We're going to be this our third installment of hope. Last week, we talked about victory and how the resurrection brought us victory. Today, we're going to talk about something that's really important. I think it's going to be pivoting on our, on our um, series. This one's called Inheritance, how we have an inheritance from God. But before I do that, I want to get ahead and give you a definition again of what we're saying about hope is. And Bible hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised, and his strength is in his faithfulness, which I said his strength is in his character, and his character never fails. So we can guarantee whatever the promises that are in the Bible God will bring them to pass. And what we're talking about is bringing the promises of God into our lives today while we're dealing with a lot of circumstances from the coronavirus. So I'm really excited about that. The word inheritance, I love this. I just put a simple definition. I said, since we are children of God, which we are heirs of God, and since we're children of God, we have an inheritance of, from God. And I'm going to unpack that for the next uh, few minutes. And I'm really good excited. I'm going to go to Acts um, Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. Again, you can use on the Bible. If you have your Bible app, we're on the back. It's, event. it's a live event, so you can go in and watch and see all the notes. I'm going to start in Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. And this is Apostle Paul speaking. He says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to, flaw, to fall back into fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray in this moment. The word says, eyes have not seen and ears have not heard what you have prepared for your children. And Father, I pray for people to be revealed what you have prepared for them through an inheritance. What we have today, we don't have to wait till tomorrow, we have it today. And we ask that you speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Now, if you know anything about the book of Romans, I love this book. One that some of the experts say, if all the Bible was destroyed and the book of Romans was there, we still would understand what the gospel is and what the good news of Jesus Christ. Because really the theme of the book is the revelation of God's righteousness in his plan for us, salvation, which is what we call the gospel, which is amazing. It's his plan, and it talks about righteousness and while right standing with God in his plan of saving through salvation, which we talk about, which we always call the gospel today, what Jesus has done. And we're in Romans chapter 8, and Paul had penned such a marvelous letter. In Romans chapter 8, in chapter 7, he talks about living in the flesh, live life in the flesh. Really, chapter 8 talks about life in the spirit. And that's what we're going to pick up today, life in the spirit, the second part of that, and what the spirit of God does for us as children of God. And here's what I have, you know, I want you to realize about when I talk about inheritance, a lot of times we think about, well, that's from way, that's far from me, that's tomorrow, that is in the future. But I want you to know your inheritance is not only in the future, reality, but it's the present reality today. We receive those things that God has already promised us today. This takes me to that very main point. Everything that Jesus has, you have. Let me say it again. 
Everything that Jesus have, has, you have. What are you talking about, Pastor Rich? Well, every time we read the Bible, we see promises. We see word to word says we have abundance of power that comes from God to the Holy Spirit. We have authority. Jesus said when we go preach the gospel, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples. And he said that authority has been transferred down to you. We have joy. That's not even out. The joy of the Lord. That is a, that's a fruit of spirit. We have patience, which is a fruit of spirit. We have favor. Favor, and the Bible says he gives us favor, like surrounds us like a shield. We have wisdom, that unlimited wisdom that we can dig, get back from God, that we have access to today. We have protection. I don't know about you. Every night before we, we, we lay our heads down, we get to pray, and we're thanking God for the protecting us from the coronavirus and protecting our neighborhood and protecting our relatives. We have a provision, a supernatural provision. God is our source. We have peace that surpasses all understanding that comes from God. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And we have what we call in John abundant life, that we can live today, abundant life, a God type of life, because of Zoe life, a God type of life. So we have all those things that we have today, which we inherited, which we received when we gave our life to Jesus. All those things. Because it says this in Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ, in Christ, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Every spiritual blessing. Now you got to remember, when you're looking at the Bible, don't judge your success on your condition. It has nothing to do with our condition. It's all about our position in Christ. We have a position in Christ, which I love. It's not about your condition or what your present reality is. It's about your position in Christ. And he says, we're seated with him in heavenly places. And he's seated at the right hand of God. We're seated with him. And we've been, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing, every thing that he has for us, we have access to. What Christ has, you have, which I love. Let's go to um, Romans 4. Let's go to um, verse 14. Let's get this thing going. It says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. It's a definition. The Spirit leads us into holiness. And what it means by being led by the Spirit? It means having a basic orientation of my life determined by the Spirit of God. I'm being led. In fact, I yield my life for him to lead me. And it says right here, as sons of God, isn't Jesus the son of God? Now we're sons of God, which means that words sons and children are in, interact on, on this scripture here is both. We're children of God. The Spirit of God made us children of God. But we're led by Spirit of God. And we're led in holiness. If we obey the Spirit, he leads us, and the more we walk and be led by him, the more we start to look like our higher family member, Jesus himself. God's all about family. Everything you see in the Bible is about family. He builds with family. Those words that you read on your page in your Bible, when Jesus came, even when he, before he was crucified, he told John, that is your mother, mother, that's your son. That broke a lot of things in the, old, in, in the uh, belief system there, because he was talking about family. Because the one that was your inherited, wherever he was going to leave behind should have been his brother. But he added John into the mix. That was amazing. Jesus talked about family. That's why he built with the disciples. Everything God talks about, you got to realize your position, you're a family member. 
I know we have a commercial that comes, I can't remember what city it comes out in big in the big country. You're part of the family. We're part of the family. Well, you are part of the family of God. I'm part of the family of God. And we all look different, but we're all part of the same family. We have the same dad. And those and those who are part of the family are led by the Holy Spirit, not led by our own wits, not led by our own intuition, led by the Holy Spirit. That's exciting. But he didn't stop there. He goes in verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And we see God replaces fear with freedom. That's amazing now. Before I walked with God, I was full of fear of judgment. I was full of fear. I didn't know what love was. I didn't know what perfect love was, which perfect love casts out fear that God gives. We walked, when our old, we were enslaved to the world, but we walked in a lot of fear. He said, when we're born now, we have become um, a family. The spirit of slavery brings fear. The spirit of adoption, which is a key word, brings family. That's the name. The Holy Spirit makes us children of God. That is the greatest news. Now, the reason why this is so important in Paul's audience, he was talking to the people of Rome. In the Roman, at first century AD, when a, a person, they will find them a son, they will find them a son, they will adopt, and they deliberately chose them, whoever they were, um, the father would cho- deliberately cho- choose them, and that child was called to carry his name and inherit, inherit his estate. Very important. So those outside, you inherit his estate. I love what the great J.R. Packer says. Adoption is the highest privilege that the gospel offers. Higher even than justification. Higher than my sins being forgiven, not being forgiven, but my, my sins have been my record of debt of what I owe God has been cleared, but then I've also been adopted by him. And he says that's higher than justification. And what he says, he's really looking at Ephesians 1.5, it says this, that God predestined us for adoption as his sons through Jesus Christ for the purpose of his will. It's God's will to make us family. It's God's will to make us children of God. And I remember one thing I, remember, I love about adoption and all in adoption, all previous relationships have been severed. All the relationships I've had or you've had in the world, all the blame, all the shame and, and all the guilt. Those things that cause you guilt and shame has been severed. Has been severed. Why? Because I have a new family. Been adopted into a new family. God's family. <clears throat> and we don't stop there. Excuse me. It says we cry out. In our prayers, when you talk about cry, means pray. We call God Abba Father, which means Daddy, Daddy. <clears throat> means daddy, daddy, which is an affectionate term. Father. Even when in Matthew chapter 6, heavenly, our heavenly father, our father who are in heaven. Not our God, but our father. Who's God? Who's king? But he's our father. And it also says, if you didn't have a father growing up, he's a father to the fatherless, which is amazing. 
And I love this part of it. My son, Sterling, whenever we do correspondence to email or when we, he writes me and I send something back or we text, I love the word. It's very affectionate. He called me Papa. Like this word here, Abba Father, means Daddy, Daddy, or Father, Father. Papa. It's affectionate. I love when he says, thank you, Papa. Thank you, Papa. It's an affectionate term. See, it's the same intimate relationship that Jesus has with the Father. We have. When he uh, rose and he went and he saw one of the ladies and they were going to hug him, he said, don't hug me. I have to send it to my father, who's now your father, to my God, who's now your God. That means he broke the separation where we were separated from God. Now we become part of the family of God, which is amazing. But, you know, it reminds me of a story because I don't know about you growing up. My daddy was my greatest hero. Now, he didn't give much hugs, but he was a strong man. He taught me a lot about loyalty and working hard. Now, you know, I told my shared this story before. I was a foster child growing up. I got placed in the house, home when I was 13 months old, which was an amazing home. I had blazing sisters. I was spoiled. I loved it. But I was also part of an adoption agency. And my mother, when she contracted cancer, um, when I had my social worker, they understood that I was going to stay there all my days. Well, when they had a new social worker, when my mother got sick, they were trying to take me away. And my mother said, that's not, I'm going to be okay. He's staying with me. Now, remember, every year at summer camp, I would go away to summer camp and hang out, come back, and you have three, four weeks before you go back to school. Well, this year they took me to, they said, a special camp, upstate New York. And I'm like, a special camp? Okay. So I get there, and I'm like, okay. This is different. We are in summer school. I didn't need summer school. I passed all my classes. Then they gave me a room and they started saying, these are your new brothers and your new sisters. I said, no, they're not. That's not my brothers. That's not my sisters. My sisters, my family's in back in uh, Queensville, in Queens, New York. South Ozone Park, New York. These are not my family. Well, it was there six weeks. I went to school. I started staying there. It seemed like I was going to be there permanently. And I got discouraged. I said, I'm going to write a letter. I'm going to write a letter to my dad. And I didn't know if he's going to, I wrote a letter to my dad. I didn't hear anything, but I'm like, this is weird. I am so out of context here. This is not my family. I don't know who you guys are. I'll stay here, but this is supposed to be summer camp. This is not summer camp. This was an orphanage. So when I wrote the letter, I remember coming out of class on a Sunday, on a, on, on a Sunday day, it was in the middle of the week, and my dad came up, and he told me, he told me, get your stuff, we're leaving. I said, yes, sir. But I don't know about you, when I saw my dad, I was just, I felt so secure. My dad is here, everything's going to be okay. Now, isn't how God has taken care of us, saying when he pulled us out of the world, that's not your family. That's, that's, this is disorienting. Your real home is with me. In heaven, so you have access to everything. My dad took me home. And I always felt that I was so secure. When my dad is around, I feel so secure. When God's around me and during this coronavirus, when I'm praying and I'm worshiping him, I tell you what, it feels security comes on me amazingly. I feel secure, peace comes. When my dad came to pick me up and said, You're coming home. Your true home, I told him this is my real home. I, this is not my home where I'm at. My home is with my sisters. That's where my home is and with my mom. My home is with the Yules, not with you, not with you people. 
And my dad came and picked me up. Want me to tell you, Abba Father is the same way. Wherever you feel lost or feel discontent, wherever it is, you call upon him and he will show up in a moment and he will bring peace. He'll bring you out of that, which is amazing. I just wanted to share that story with you about what that significance of Abba Father. Now, we know he's king. He owns everything, but he's our father. Then it takes us down more than that. The same relationship we have, Jesus has with his father, we have with our father. He says, stop there. He says in verse 16, when the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. I love that children of God. But as you're crying out, you realize the spirit starts to remind you that you're a child of God. That I belong, I can speak to you at any time. I can call on you anytime. I'm not a burden. I am your child. And if you're children, then heirs and heirs of God, it gets better. And fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Remember I just said, Holy Spirit will continually remind you who you are. When the enemy tries to say, you're not this, you're not that, you're your mistakes. You know, now I'm a child of God who made a mistake. You got to remember that in these times. When discouragement come, you got to remember who you are. It's very important who God says you are, not what your, your ears or what someone else says you, who says you are. Now as a child in a family, I love this part. I'm a child of God. As a child of God, I'm in the family. But as an heir, I'm in the family forever. Listen that. As a child, I'm in the family now. <laughs> I'm getting the first fruits of our inheritance. But as an heir, I'm in the family forever. That's a forever term. What does First Peter say about our inheritance? First Peter 1 4 says, inheritance that's imperishable, undefiled, unfading, unfading. Kept in heaven for you. Now it's kept in heaven, but it's access here on earth for us, for you, for you. It says that we're called, we are heirs of God as his children. We have an inheritance that we receive today. It's, it's stored up in the future. When he comes back and consummates the kingdom of God, we'll get the full inheritance. But we also have the first fruit of that inheritance living here on earth. All those things I told you about earlier. But it just says this, well, co-heirs with Jesus. Now, again, as I said, everything that Jesus has, you have. Now, I'm not talking about us being God. I'm talking about rights and privileges as a child of God. A member of the same family. Now, if you're a child of a large family, a member of the same family, we share the trials of life as well as the benefits. It says as long as we suffer with him, we'll, be, we'll have glory will be glorified with him. And I love what Paul says. He goes right down to 18 to, to explain what this suffering is. He's for us to consider that the sufferings of this present time, which can be today, are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. And in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, I believe he says, these are just a light afflictions. What we go through here on earth is light afflictions. I don't know about if you've ever been... Um, persecuted for your faith I've had when I was in the military. And I took it all the way to the very end and God pulled me out of it because I made a decision. I'm not gonna, I'm not, I made a Daniel decision, decision in the military. And it almost, it almost cost me my, my rank. But I stood on what the promises of God said and I watched man trap man and wind up through all that. It was a lot of pressure. I couldn't say it was easy. I got promoted. <laughs> so um, that's persecution for our faith. 
you share your faith, you will be marked. But like the Bible says, we're not above our teacher. As Jesus was not um, well-liked, we will not be well-liked. As Jesus was scorned, we will be scorned for our faith. We have to always remember that for our faith. But family members, <laughs> we take the trials and we take the benefits. Which I remember, there's a story. What did we do from hearing all this, how we are in heirs of God and we have an inheritance? Well, it takes me back to the Old Testament, the children of Israel. And we read about them in Exodus when they were enslaved in Exodus by the Egyptians. And then Moses led them out to take them into the promised land, their inheritance. As God called the iron, I told you I'm going to give you this land. And they send out the, the, the spies, and the spies come back, and would they have a bad report? And Joshua was one of the spies, and then they were, they were um, punished to uh, not go in for 40 years until that generation died off. They were going to, you know, God told them, basically it was their idea to go check out the land and see how to get in, how to get out, and what to do. But it turned into a fear thing when they came back. But God didn't tell them to go conquer the land. He didn't even tell them to take it or invade it. He didn't even tell them to secure it. What he told them to do was, I'm going to give it to you. I already own it. It is yours. And that was a promise. But they didn't believe the promises. They believed the circumstances. And what was the circumstances? So it was saying, no way. Even though they were 40 days untouched, no way. Get out. There's giants in the land. We look like grasshoppers. They, their minds thought to make all these turns, and they brought up the greatest harvest of grapes I've ever seen, but they focused on the circumstances versus the very promise. God didn't ask them to do all that. He just told them, all we're going to do is make a route. How are you going to go in? Because I already own this, and all I want you to do is walk it out. Well, 40 years, and here it is. We have two guys that were part of that, Caleb and Joshua. And uh, Moses died, and then Joshua's task was to take the children of Israel, the new the children of Israel, into the promised land. One thing about God's promises, even though we might not do it in our generation, He already has another generation He'll raise up to do it. Because the promises are yes and amen. His promises can't be broken. Not one promise that God has in His Word has ever dropped to the floor. They always come to pass. But He uses us to bring them to pass. But if He doesn't want to use, if we don't want to go, He'll find a new generation to go. Forty years later, <clears throat> excuse me, Joshua in one six, he's called to lead them into the promised land. He says this: "Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause these people to inherit the land that I swore to your fathers to give them, not for them to conquer, not for them to <laughs> secure, because it's already secure." That I gave the promise after 40 years stood. And what did Joshua do? Here's one of the applications. See, Joshua didn't go take the land. He just took God at his word. Remember, God didn't tell us to take the land. We just take faith. It's not just faith is um, really, basically faith is narrowed down to this. Taking God at his word. That's what faith is. Taking God at his word. And what he's saying is, go receive what I'm giving you. 
Now I've given you an inheritance. Go receive the inheritance. But we have a choice today. We can, as the, the children of Israel, we can look at, we can believe the circumstances or we can believe the promises. And what God is saying for us as children of God, receive your position. Receive your position and help other people be in that position. Now, if you're an unbeliever, your first step is to give your life to Jesus. Because everything I told you in this, in this area is all for all those who are Christ followers, those who are believers. And I have to remind us who we are in Christ. We're children of God. We have an inheritance. We have amazing Father who gives great gifts, who gives every perfect gift from above comes from our Father, who doesn't vary, who doesn't change his mind. Receive your position as a believer. As an unbeliever, receive your salvation. And you'll see where God wants to take you. Though we're in a hard spot, it seems like we know who we are as children of God. We have an inheritance, not just to access tomorrow, but today. And we realize everything that Jesus has, we have. Everything that Jesus have, you have. I have. Christ followers have. Well taken care of. Those of you lost your job, provision is part of our inheritance today. You might have lost a resource, and God's going to raise up a new resource for you because he is our source. Peace. He is our peace. Our peace is a person. You can access that. If you need wisdom, I'm praying every day, God, give me wisdom for today. Wisdom, unlimited wisdom comes from God. Which James, in the book of James says, if you, if you lack wisdom, ask for it. Ask God for the wisdom. Unlimited. Those are promises. And I want to encourage you with that. Again, if you want to connect with us, 325-455-2555 for connection, for prayer, and for also your first-time guests. But also, uh, we're just live feed. Go into the comment section and add something there, and we'll answer you back. We're looking forward, as, you, as we put to today, we want you to put something down so we can connect with you. We want you to realize that everything that Jesus has, you have. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Abba, Father, thank you. I pray now your word will penetrate our souls. Your word will penetrate our circumstance. Your word will bring truth with it. We might be prone to believe the lie. I pray that you encourage your people this morning. Thank you for your precious promises that we mind them out of your word and encourage us as we're speaking about them. Thank you that you have a history of being faithful that our hope is secured in your character that never fails. Thank you when it says, even when we're faithless, you're faithful. Let us remember, it's so easy to walk with you if we just take you at your word. Let's not take our circumstances words. Let's take your word and apply it in our lives. I pray for everyone here this morning. 
We give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Family, I love you.